Okay. So we are continuing our sermon series on gifted to serve. And today we're going to be talking about the ministry gifts, okay? Um, But before we get into that, this is kind of our theme verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10, okay? So in this passage, okay, starting in verse 1, Paul is saying, this is who you used to be. Okay, it's not up here on the screen. This is what you used to be. Okay, you used to be an object of God's wrath because you were living according to the ways of the world. Okay, and it says it wasn't just it wasn't just you like all of us. All of us lived our own way and we were by nature objects of God's wrath. Why is that? Because we were living in our sin. And he says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love has made you alive in Christ. And then it gets to this. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. These two verses, okay, are some of the most important things about Christianity, okay? You cannot save yourself. You can't. You cannot do enough good to erase all the bad that you've done. You can't compare yourself to somebody else and be like, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. You're always going to be able to find somebody that you're quote-unquote better than. But that's not how you get saved. You don't make it to heaven by not doing bad things or by doing good things. You're, you can't do that. In the book of Romans, it says nobody is declared righteous in God's sight by keeping the law, but rather the law shows us the ways that we fail. So how are we saved? It's by God's grace. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, I want you to know it's not about how good you are or how bad you're not. God, because Jesus died for you, is holding out to you a grace gift of salvation. And we're talking about the grace gifts of the spiritual gifts. But, but maybe some of you here, the first thing you need to do is accept that grace gift of God's favor, of God's forgiveness, because Jesus died for you. And if that's you today, then I encourage you, don't leave this place without having done that. You see, it's by God's grace, this favor leaning towards us that, that we don't deserve. It's unmerited. In fact, it's given in defiance of our demerit that we're saved. It's not by work, so we can't boast, yes, I'm making it to heaven because I preach every Sunday, because I read my Bible all the time, because I give my gifts to the poor. You know, that's what the Pharisees did, right? Jesus tells a story of a Pharisee that goes into the temple and he gets all close to the top and he goes, God, I thank you that I'm not like that tax collector over there. God, I thank you that I, I tithe even down to my garden herbs, the mint and the cumin and all this stuff. God, I thank you that I fast twice a week and I thank you for all the good things that I do. God, I thank you that I'm so awesome. That's my paraphrase. And the tax collector is standing way in the back and all he does, he doesn't even look up, he just says, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says this, I tell you that man, the tax collector, went home justified just as if he had never sinned. Not the Pharisee that was doing, quote-unquote, all the right things and thought that that was, I'm so awesome. Look at me, God. So it's not about what you do or what you don't do. It's realizing that you need a Savior and that Jesus Christ is the all-sufficient Savior. And so maybe that's the message for you today. 
The next verse. For we are God's workmanship, okay? We are God's masterpiece in the making, created in Christ Jesus to do good works with God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay, that's the theme verse for this, that, that as a Christian, you have been gifted to serve. You're unleashed in the ministry. You are God's workmanship. You're his masterpiece in the making. And as we discover what our different gifts are, okay, it's like our different gifts... Is like paintbrushes, okay? Or maybe rollers, or I have to put this in a baggie so I don't lose it. Or these little paintbrushes that we dip into the grace of God, and, we, and God uses us in the way he's gifted us to paint his masterpiece. In the way that you use your gifts is a way that God's grace helps transform me, In the way that I use my gifts is a way that God helps transform you. And that God has gifted us in so many different ways. I was talking to somebody a, a couple weeks ago and he said, you know what, I'm, I'm glad that you're using paintbrushes and stuff and not like hammers and chisels, okay? And then he said, you know what, I could never, paintbrushes just don't fit in my hand. So you know what, sometimes we may be something like this, okay? So making sure you're paying attention back there, Ken. So God has gifted us to serve, okay? And it says that when we were created in Christ Jesus, when we were saved, God had ministry that he put out in front of us that he gifted us by his spirit to walk in. And so that's what we're exploring over this sermon series. Now, sermon series like this, I love preaching them. Uh, It can be kind of hard because it's something that is supposed to be very, very practical and for us to walk into it. So a challenge that I am giving you is if we just keep what we learned here in this room, then the sermon series has failed. Okay? God has called me to be a pastor here, and one of the things he's called me to do is to equip the body for works of service so that we may be built up. And so I encourage you and challenge you, I dare you, to not just take it and leave it here. But let's, let's seek how God has gifted us. And let's see how those work together with our natural abilities and our talents and our passions that we may be used in the way that God wants us to. So, why is all this so important? Okay, three reasons to develop your spiritual gifts. This is a little bit of review. When you realize how you've been gifted, it gives you direction and purpose in your life and the freedom to embrace and enjoy who you are. You see how God has made you and the ways that he's gifted you, and it helps give you direction. These are the ways that I, that I most effectively serve God, and so those are the ways that I'm going to do that, and I can enjoy that, okay? I don't have to be like, oh, how come I'm not like that person? Well, that's who God made them. It's not how he made you. That's okay. And then there's joy. When you see that God is using a broken vessel, when God uses broken vessels like me, like you, to work in people's lives in big ways and little ways, it brings joy because you see that God, is, that God is allowing you to partner with him. That's such an awesome thing. And then number three, there's accountability. Like God has given us time and resources and finances and natural abilities and spiritual gifts. And how are we stewarding them? How are we stewarding them? God has given them to us. There is a judgment for Christians of what did you do with what I gave you? It's not a judgment of heaven or hell, okay? Because again, it's not how good you are or what you do that gets you into heaven. It's Jesus died for you. But what did you do with what I gave you and what are the rewards that you have out of this judgment? And so I want us to know how we're gifted. So uh, your spiritual gift action plan. I hope you've been able to start doing this. Number one is that you make a commitment to discover, develop, and deploy your spiritual gift here in this body, okay? Uh, That we are going to be studying the gift passages. That's what we've done over the last couple weeks, okay? And some of the definitions. Then, 
I hope that you've been able to pray seriously, seeking God's divine guidance. God, as we go through this, how have you gifted me? I hope that you've been able to seek quality counsel, invite a friend or a family member to kind of journey along with you. Uh, that's what we've been able to do in, in, in Adam's Sunday school class in the library. Last week, we divided into some groups, and we went over what are your yeses, noes, and maybes. And it was really cool to be able to discuss that together. And then um, you can take some spiritual gift assessments. Okay, there's one in your handout. It's the same one that we emailed out earlier this, uh, this past week. But we can take some uh, spiritual gift assessments to see how we've been gifted and, and, and things like that. And then here's the important part. Sometimes you've got to test the waters. You've got to step out into something to try it out. Because you know what? If you know how to swim, you never really learn to swim until you got in the water. You could learn about swimming. You could watch videos of swimming. You could see other people swim. But until you got wet, you didn't know how to swim. And if you don't walk in your gift, how do you know you have it? And while you're doing that, you can examine the fulfillment factor. Do I see God working in and through me? Does this bring joy to me? Do I see fruit being born in it? So uh, that is our spiritual gift action plan. Now, as we've been going through this, we've been using a paradigm from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, okay? And this is where Paul says there's different kind of gifts but the same spirit. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them, okay? Uh, this is not very easy to see, okay? But it, it is in the handout that you have. Also, if you're watching online, um, you can go to our website on the resources page and download this handout, okay? So make sure you do that. You're going to want uh, to do that. So in this paradigm, we talked about it last week, so we're not going to get real into that. If you... Uh, didn't listen to last week's sermon, then I encourage you to do that, okay? So in this, uh, and this I got from, from Pastor Chip Ingram, we have over here the, the seven, uh, does this work? We have the seven motivational gifts from Romans chapter 12. We talked about that last week, okay? And what we said in that is that every believer has a gift mix of primary motivational gifts, and we are to concentrate on discovering and developing these gifts. These are kind of like the underlying things that God has gifted each of us in that drive us into the ministry and the other things that we do, okay? And then what we're going to cover today are these ministry gifts. There are roles that God has made in the church that these gifts over here, our motivational gifts, can show up in that these are actual ministries that we can do. So we're going to be talking about that today. But first, we talked about these seven gifts last week, the seven motivational gifts. And we went through them, and you could circle yes, no, or maybe. So what I want to do today is just briefly go through these and be like, here's some ways these gifts can show up. If you had a yes or a maybe, here's maybe some ways you could practice it, okay? So in prophecy... If you have the, the motivational gift of prophecy, uh, maybe you would like to teach sometime. Or maybe you'd like to be up here and, and preach sometime. Okay? Or maybe you would be interested in helping develop like the whole worship service together with Adam and myself as we try to have the whole worship service kind of point to revealing who God is, what, who he's called us to be, and what we're called to do. That's what a prophet does. Here's what God's word says. Here's who God is. Here's who we are. Here's what we're supposed to do. Those are different ways that can show up. Now, if you had a yes to serving, when I think of serving, uh, I, this is a picture that comes to my mind. Okay? A Swiss army knife, okay? Because I think people who have the gift of serving, often it's like, if there's a need and I have the time and ability to meet that need, I want to do that, 
Okay, and so people who are gifted in serving, you may find them in all different types of places within the church. Okay, and that's why it can be important for us, like we talked about our GPS, for us to know our gifts and our passions. Where our gifts and our passions line up together, that's our sweet spot for ministry. If you have the gift of service, then probably the way to focus your gift is what passions or talents has God given you? Because you know what? There are a lot of ways that you can use your gift of service within this church and beyond. Okay? Uh, I don't expect you uh, to memorize all these, but these, the the ones in, in bold there, those are like all of our committees or ministry teams that we have or we're seeking to form. So if you're interested in serving, uh, there's adult ministry where our teachings, there's audio and visual, there's the praise band, there's Awana or kids ministry or nursery. We have a communications team where we're trying to go, okay, how do we use, utilize Facebook and graphic design? We've got that really cool new sign out there, okay? Somebody's got to make sure it stays updated. There's so many ways that, that you can get involved in the church, and this is not exhaustive, Okay. But if you have the gift of serving, how has God, what passions do you have, what abilities do you have to plug in? Back to our motivational gifts. Teaching. If you have the spiritual gift of teaching, I think there's two main ways this shows up, okay? One is in actually teaching, whether that's kids or youth or adults. But it also can be, maybe, maybe you have the spiritual gift of teaching where you like researching, but like getting up in front of people, you're like, uh-uh, nothing for me. But if you have the spiritual gift of teaching where you like to research and dig in, you could come alongside me or another teacher to help do some of the background research on topics that we're going to be teaching on to help equip us in that, okay? Or you could work with our kids' ministry or youth ministry or, or our other teaching ministries to develop curriculum in a scope and sequence and all those things. Teaching gift doesn't have to mean, well, I'm so good at teaching up here. We need those behind-the-scenes things too. So that's the way the teaching gift can show up encouragement and exhortation uh, that could show up in in one-on-one ministry uh, not necessarily officially counseling but just as you seek to in that fellowship time we have how do i come alongside somebody else to really show care for them and to pray for them and walk with them through life's journey okay uh, you could also lead a small group or something like that where you're coming alongside people to encourage them and equip them giving if god has given you the spiritual gift of giving then that can show up in seeing needs that the church has and how can you resource them, okay? Uh, Like we have that sign out there. Somebody said, hey, I want to be able to give so the church can have a sign out there, okay? So somebody saw a need and wanted to invest in that. Maybe you want to invest in, in helping with purchasing curriculum or we've had larger investments when it comes to our praise band or our our sound booth or things like that if you have the spiritual gift of giving then maybe you can ask hey is there a way i can invest what god has given me to further the ministry of the kingdom leadership if you have the spiritual gift of leadership perhaps you can be one that can help cast vision or organize people on teams that doesn't mean that you have to be the leader of the committee or leader of the team but maybe you need to be on the leadership team within that team that you can be someone that is helping plan and organize people in events and finally mercy if you have the spiritual gift of mercy uh, that can often show up in that individual one-on-one caring and connecting with people now it could show up in being part of our skiff life community group of of where we organize to be able to give Uh, care packages to those that are in the homeless shelter you see there's a lot of ways that these seven motivational gifts can show up so i want you as we went through that if you were yes to any of those 
or maybes, maybe God is calling you to step out in one of those ways. Okay, enough review. Let's step into today. Today we're talking about the ministry gifts from that middle column that you have there on your handout. And these come from two main passages, okay? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, okay? And this is what they say. Paul says, it was he, Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service, okay? And then there's some overlap in Corinthians. Paul says, and in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, and third, teachers, then workers of miracles, those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with the gift of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. So what we are going to do today, okay, we're going to unpack some of that middle column. We're going to look at apostleship, we're going to look at prophecy again, evangelist, pastor, teacher, helping, and administration. When we talked about that paradigm, we said that this can be a very helpful thing. It can be a very beneficial way to look at it, but it's also not perfect. I think any way that we're unpacking spiritual gifts, um, there is not one passage in Scripture that exhaustively unpacks every spiritual gift, lays them out, defines them, tells them how they work together. There's not, okay? There's overlap between lists. Remember Peter? How many spiritual gifts does he list? Anybody remember? Two. He says, if you speak, speak as if it's the very words of God. If you serve, do it with the strength that God provides. And you know what? We could go, yep, that's about every spiritual gift. They're speaking ones and they're serving ones, okay? And Paul goes into a little bit more. So we look at this. I think that left column, the motivational gifts, is so helpful because I think we all have one of those and it drives the things beneath it. Uh, then we get into the middle column today, and I think that's helpful too. There's overlap. Oh, the reason why we're not getting to, to healing and, and tongues and works and miracles is they show up in the, in the manifestation gifts. And so we're going to look at them next week. What, what was it like back in uh, the New Testament times? And, and, <clears throat> and we're going to look at that next week, okay? So the ministry gifts. You guys ready to go through this today? Yes, we got a couple people here. You guys ready to go through this today? Yes! Okay, let's do this. Where's my notes at? All right, so this is uh, page two of your handout. Apostleship, okay? <clears throat> Apostleship is the divine enablement to start churches or other ministries and oversee their development. It's the ability also to minister cross-culturally with the goal of planting churches. So as we go through these, uh, what these are are kind of roles within the church, and not just the church building, but roles within God's people. Uh, because apostle literally means the sent out one. Okay? Now, a disclaimer. When we're talking about apostleship, we're not talking about first century, the 12 apostles. Okay? If you were to be considered a first century apostle, you had to be with Jesus from the time that he was baptized to his crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. Anybody been there? Good, okay? No, we haven't. So we're not talking about those 12 apostles. But if you read through the book of Acts, other people were called apostles. Why? Because they were sent out. That's what it means. An apostle is a sent out one. They're the ones that are starting and beginning things. Now you can see why an apostle is needed at a church. Because how can you start a church if no one is sent to start one, right? Okay? So when we think about uh, the spiritual gift of apostleship, again, 
It's not like, I'm one of the 12 apostles. No, you're not, okay? Um, what it is, these are kind of like the spiritual entrepreneurs of, uh, of uh, the spiritual entrepreneurs. They're those that are looking to see a need or a ministry. How can I start this ministry? How can I do this new thing? Okay, uh, Carl and Debbie, when you guys started Logos, okay, a church plant at Spring Arbor, like that was a new thing that you were doing. You were starting out. I worked with a pastor at my former church that he had planted three churches. I wondered if he had the spiritual gift of apostleship. Because he started one church, got that up and going, then he went and started another one, got that up and going, went and started another one, okay? Uh, to me, that seems, playing a church is hard work. I don't know if that's something that I want to do. But an apostle that sent out one to start it up is so important. We, we support a lot of missionaries, right? That they're sent out to other countries to get to know them, to plant churches. I wonder if a lot of those missionaries have that spiritual gift of apostleship sent out to another country in order to plant churches. So does that resonate with you? Are you someone that's like, this church doesn't have this ministry. I'd love for us to have that ministry. Can I start that ministry? If it does, maybe you have the gift of apostleship. Okay, now prophecy. Prophecy is the divine enablement to proclaim God's truth with power and clarity in a timely and culturally sensitive fashion. The focus is for correction, repentance, and edification. It is the ability to reveal God's word accurately. Again, This is not first century prophet. This is not necessarily foretelling the future, okay? Uh, We're not getting prophecies where we're like, hey, we're going to open up the Bible and we're getting new revelation that is just as as, um, inspired as the Bible. Nope, that's not it, okay? God has given us his word. We have that, okay? This is taking God's word and saying, what does this mean for us today, right now? Proclaiming that with the purpose of building up comforting and exhorting. This is who God is. This is what he's called us to be. This is what it means. Come on, let's do that. Okay, that's what prophecy is. Um, and, and again, if you look in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says prophecy is for building up, encouraging or exhorting, and comforting. And that's often what I, what I seek to do here. I've heard preachers talk about, um, I'm trying to think, how do they, how do they word this? Um, God, let me comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable, okay? Where we want God's, God's word is a healing balm. And some of you here this morning, you need God's gracious mercy and encouragement that you can rest in him. And some of you here have gotten very comfortable and you're coasting and God wants that scalpel of his word to say, hey, we're going to cut this out of you and I want you to do this. That's what prophecy is, okay? Uh, Number three, evangelism. Evangelism is the ability to be an unusually effective instrument in leading unbelievers to a saving knowledge of Christ. Some with this gift are most effective in personal evangelism, while others may be used by God in group evangelism or cross-cultural evangelism. Okay? Another disclaimer. We're all called to be evangelists. Right? We're all called to be witnesses, ambassadors, missionaries, that is a calling for each and every Christian. So we can't go, ah, I don't have the gift of evangelism, I'm not going to share my faith. Sorry, no. Okay? It is true. There are some people that are more gifted in that than others. Maybe in that personal one-on-one evangelism, it's very easy for them to organically just kind of weave a conversation they're having towards spiritual matters or toward Jesus. Okay? Or maybe it's more like the group evangelism. Like I think of Billy Graham. 
like his evangelism crusades and God used him in so many ways, the simple message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how God used him. Do you have that fire burning in you for people to know Jesus? And are you able to easily strike up conversations with people that, that point to Jesus? Or maybe when you have resources like a tract or something that it's easier for you to come up and, and share your faith with somebody. And maybe you have a spiritual gift of evangelism, which is really important, right? Because we want people to know about Jesus. And if you have the spiritual gift of, of evangelism, when you get around the rest of us, it raises our temperature because you're encouraging us to share our faith that we're all called to. So, and, and you can see, why is it important for a church to have an apostle that's sent out in starting a church, right? It's important that the prophetic gift, gift in the sense of proclaiming God's word is in churches. We need that. We need evangelists in churches so the church can grow and flourish. And we also need, the next one, is the pastor-teacher. Now, in Ephesians, okay, if you look in the Greek, this pastor-teacher, it's, it's a dual gift, okay? It, it would seem like with how the Greek is set up that it's not pastors and teachers, it's pastor-teacher, okay? Um, a, a dual gift together. What does this mean? This is a person with a spiritual gift has the ability to lead, nourish, protect, and care for the personal and spiritual needs of a flock of believers, okay? The spiritual gift of a pastor is basically to be a shepherd. You lead, you nourish, you protect, you guide. Now, it also has the, the, the dual gift of, of being able to teach God's truth. But here's the thing. Not every pastor or elder, okay, because an elder is an overseer and a shepherd and a pastor is a shepherd, okay? Not every pastor or shepherd necessarily has the gift of shepherding and pastoring, okay? Somebody may pastor a church or be an elder, but it's out of more of a, a leadership gift or a prophetic gift. Also, if this is your gift, sometimes you may feel lost in the church because you're like, I don't feel called to go to seminary or I don't feel called to go to Bible school, but like I, God has gifted me like a shepherd. So, so how do I fit? Where do I fit in? And, and if that's you, like a small group leader, it's great to have somebody with that pastoring gift as a small group leader because they're not just leading a group. They're caring for a little flock of, of people, a congregation within the congregation. Uh, this can also be uh, someone with this gift. It can also be one that maybe they're on like a care and connecting team. It's so good to see so many faces here. We still have a handful plus of people that COVID related are not here. How are we as a church connecting with them and helping them feel just as part of a church when they can't be here as, as we all are here? And so that connecting and care team, that's great to have people with that pastor's caring heart on, on a team like that. So those are the gifts from Ephesians chapter 4 that he's given apostles sent out to start things. He's giving prophets to proclaim God's word, evangelists to lead people to Christ, and the pastor teacher to care for the flock, okay? And that's part of the role that myself and the elders have as pastor teachers, that we are to be caring and shepherding for the flock. Then if we were to look at some of the gifts from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, we would get to teaching, okay? Now, teaching is the divine enablement to understand and give detailed explanation of biblical truth, primarily to bring understanding and clarity to others. It's the ability to search out and validate truth which has been presented. Now, here's why I think teaching is a ministry gift as well as a motivational gift. You may find yourself in a teaching role without having the teaching motivational gift. 
Maybe you're a servant. You're, you, your gift is serving. And you have a passion for kids. And so, yes, I can teach kids. I see a need. I want to meet a need. I can do that. Maybe you have a spiritual gift of exhortation and your teaching is of a different style than somebody with the motivational gift of teaching where there's charts and there's information, there's all this, and you're seeking to kind of come alongside this group to kind of counsel them together. Let's, let's see how this applies to our lives. Let's walk through this together. Maybe you teach more on a prophetic gift of let's look at the big picture of things and what God's calling us to do and to be, and this is what it is. So just because you're an effective teacher doesn't necessarily mean that that's your primary motivational gift. But if you have that desire to be able to teach and show truth, um, that can be such a great thing for the body of Christ. Okay, the final two that we'll look at here, helps. Helps is the ability to enhance the effectiveness of ministry or members of the body. This is the only use of the word in the New Testament, and it appears to be distinct from the motivational gift of service. Some writers suggest that while the gift of service is more group-oriented, the gift of helps is more person-oriented. What does that mean? So we talked about the, the spiritual gift of serving. If there's a need that needs to be met and I can meet it, I want to do that. Okay, that's what the spiritual gift of service is. Helps is more the idea of like one-on-one type thing. And, and, and this is kind of what it can mean. If we look at the Greek, okay, or we look at it in secular writings, it has the idea of laying hold of or apprehension or perception. The verb form means to embrace or partake. So if you have the spiritual gift of helps, you are able to perceive a need that somebody has and you want to become a partaker of that need. It's a more personal way. I see the need you have. I don't want to just serve to meet the need. I want to partake of that need and help meet the need with you. That's what it means if you have the spiritual gift of helps. And finally, administration. Again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, this is the only time this word is used in Scripture. Okay, outside of scripture, it's used as the helmsman who steers the ship. So the one that's, you know, big ship and they're the one steering the whole big ship. And so kind of from there, we infer that the spiritual gift of administration is the ability to steer a church or an organization or a team toward the fulfillment of goals by managing its affairs and implementing necessary plans, organizing multiple tasks and groups of people to accomplish projects. How is that different from the gift of leadership? Here's how I look at it. Gift of leadership is like big picture. Here's where we want to go. Vision on the wall. We want to be loving, growing, going. The administration is like, and here's how we're going to get there. Here's the groups that we need. Here's the steps that we need. So you can see how the spiritual gifts are meant to complement one another. Because if we don't have the vision on the wall, here's where we're going, then how do we know where we're going? But if we don't have the person that says, and here's how we get there, then we just have this idea out there. But we don't know how to get there. So the spiritual gifts work together. So those are the main ministry gifts. Which ones resonated with you? A, a challenge that I have for you, maybe some of you guys have already done this, okay, but on your handout, um, I gave you a link uh, to a spiritual gift assessment, okay? I encourage you to take that this week. Okay, this assessment has the seven motivational gifts plus evangelism and shepherding. Look at that, okay? And, and you can look at what were my top three? How did that compare or contrast with my yeses, noes, and maybes? Were there any surprises? Spiritual gifts assessments are good tools, but they're not just like, well, I took this, this must be who I am, okay? 
And here's a couple reasons why. First of all, um, you're taking it, right? So you can be like, you can kind of, do I really love to share my faith? Always, occasionally, or not that often? Uh, always, right? We can do that, right? Uh, but sometimes we're too hard on ourselves, right? So you could take the same test a couple of different times and it would just skew a little bit differently. Maybe it'd be good. You take the test and like a close friend or a spouse take the test as if they were you and kind of compare. Like, how does this person who knows me really well see me? Uh, that'd be an interesting experiment to do. Before we wrap up today, um, this isn't in your handout. I gave some of these out, but they're right in the back. I added an extra page this morning. It didn't get in the bulletin, okay? So it's not up on the screen. You may not have it in front of you, but it's out there if you want to grab it. Um, there are like five different gifts that we see in scriptures that are not in hi, sweetie, that are not in these main passages of spiritual gifts. So are they spiritual gifts? Are they natural abilities? Are they talents? It's okay if we don't know exactly. We're, we have a gift mix. We have a personality. We have natural talents and abilities. What is important is that we understand how God has made us and gifted us and that we walk in that. So those five are craftsmanship, hospitality, intercession, missions, and worship. Okay? Now, again, they're not in these main passages, but we can see that God gave certain men the ability to craft and make things for the temple, for the tabernacle. Paul was a tent maker, okay? Maybe you really like to make things with your hands and craft things and build things. Is that a spiritual gift? Could be. Is it a God-given talent? Sure, it probably is at least that. Can you use it for Christ? Yes, you can. Okay, the other one, next ones, hospitality. Hospitality literally means loving the stranger, that's what the word is. It's a compound word. Stranger, loving. That's what it means. It's opening up a place in our heart. It's opening up a space. It's welcoming someone. Okay, do you have the gift of hospitality? You can create warm, welcoming environments for people wherever you're at. Home, church, somewhere like that. The gift of intercession would be the gift of being able to pray for others with divine strength or ability, uh, believing for profound results. Some of you may be very gifted to be able to lift up the needs of others to intercede. Missions. Missions could be the divine gift or ability to reach others in your region or outside of your culture. And finally, worship. The gift of worship or music is the divine strength or ability to sing, dance, or play an instrument primarily for the purpose of helping others worship God. Again, these aren't in those spiritual gift passages, but we don't have an exhaustive list of those passages. So do you have those... God-given talents and abilities or, or God-given gifts that you can use in different ways to serve and to love. Because we're all called to pursue hospitality and, and we're called to worship. Even if you're like me and you don't have the gift, can't you know, carry a tune to save your life, okay? we're still called to worship. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I love that verse. Okay, doesn't have to sound great for me to worship God. Okay, So how has God gifted you to serve? Because you see, you have a role to play. Uh, and I want to close out um, the sermon kind of with this. Because again, if what we talked about today stays in this room, it's worthless. Cool, we learned a lot. If we don't put it into practice, it's worthless. So developing your gifts demands that you exercise them. You've got to walk in them. By involvement in what? People's lives and needs. The gifts are about serving one another, building each other up. So you've got to rub shoulders with other Christians, with other people, because how can you serve them if you don't know them, right? It's also really good to have a small group community. 
people to help help see your gift and you can serve together uh, and you can serve one another. It also takes ongoing practice, training, and education. Okay, If you want to be a more effective teacher, yes, you have the spiritual gift of teaching maybe. Yes, you need to lean into the Spirit. But you can also work on your teaching. You can also work on your serving. Okay, Adam, I'm sure you practice playing guitar, right? He's nodding his head. Yeah, okay. So it takes that. And then finally, regular risk-taking opportunities. Sometimes you've got to be willing to jump into the water. Uh, Sam, if you can come up here real quick. So... Um, Sam was sharing with me a couple weeks ago about an opportunity he had to be able to step out in a ministry, uh, in, uh, in a ministry and how God kind of used that to kind of show him maybe more how he's gifted. So Sam, you want to share a little bit there, dude? Yeah, so <clears throat> I, uh, it, last year we were thinking about starting the Iwana program back up and um, we weren't sure what that looked like. We were pretty sure we'd be kind of shorthanded on people to help out. And uh, I had been talking with my dad at that time, and uh, he said we definitely need people to help out. I'd never been a part of anything with kids that young. I'd helped out with the youth group before, and I had a lot of fun with that. But um, you know, I have nieces and nephews, so I can I can work with younger kids. But you know, 20 to 30 of them, that's a little more scary. So uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. We need, we, we need people to volunteer. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable with it. I'm going to see how it goes. First week, it, well, it felt very awkward. I was like, I didn't know what to do. I wasn't sure what to expect. It was pretty awkward at first. Um, but as the weeks went on, it started to get a lot more fun. I mean, it, it really became a lot of fun to to get to go and hang out with a bunch of kids and basically be a kid again with them. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I get to work with a bunch of different kids every single week, um, and I get to learn what their learning style is, help them you know, figure out the best way for them to memorize a verse, whether they're hands-on, visual, uh, whatever. It's a lot of fun to work with them and get to work with different kids, learn their learning styles, and, yeah, we just have fun, play games, and, so I was very glad that I, I jumped out and, and took a risk and got out of my comfort zone, and it's turned out to be a ton of fun. Thanks so much, Sam. Appreciate you sharing that. Uh, and, it, you know, yeah, it's, it's really cool. You know, Sam is saying this is something, okay, I can help, I can do this. And to see uh, the ways God has gifted him to be able to see how different students, how they're wired, and what's the best way to help them learn the scriptures, okay? Uh, that one-on-one thing that he's, he's realizing, I, I like this, I'm thriving in it, and he never would have known, okay? And it's really cool to see that because that one-on-one thing, that's hard for me, okay? I'd much rather preach in front of like a thousand or more people than just always do one-on-one. Like that's hard. It's just, it's just the way I'm wearing, the way I'm gifted, and that's okay. And that's why we need that. But if he didn't step out into that, how would he know that, oh, maybe this is the way God has gifted me? And that God is using Sam in the lives of some of the kids to help teach them to memorize God's word in a way that I'm not very good at. And he is. So, where are you going to step out in faith? How are you going to jump into the water? Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, I, I thank you. I thank you for your word, God. 
And I thank you for the ways that you have gifted us to serve. God, I pray that you will help each and every one of us to understand more and more how you have gifted us, how it works together with our passions and the way God, that we can step into the ministry that you have for us because, God, we want to be your witnesses. We want to be your ambassadors. We want to be your missionaries. We want to build up the church. We want to serve one another, not so that we look good or the church looks good, but so that you are glorified, God. As individuals, as families, and as Skiff Lake Bible Church, we want to be a faithful servant unto you, walking in the works you've given us, God. We want to advance your kingdom. God, we want to see the gospel go out. We want to see people saved. We want to be a beacon of light. God, you got to do this in us. So do it. Yeah, do it. God, we, we love you. And we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. Feel free to stand with us, stay seated, kneel, dance in the back if you want to. We're going to close out in worship. Or dance in the front.
you so much for being a part of our worship service today here in person or those that are watching online. Uh, we're going to dismiss in just a little bit for a time of fellowship. And, and like we read, like Adam read, you know, they, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, okay? To the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer, okay? This time of fellowship that we have is not just about eating tasty stuff, okay? Yeah, that's part of it, okay? This is a time for us as a church to connect together. We're unified around Christ. How do we love one another? How, well, how can we get to know one another so we know how to pray and meet needs for one another, okay? That time out there, the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer, that's part of being the church. Let's pray. Lord, we worship you. We love you. God, you're so good. So God, will you just take all of our praise and all of our worship? In your name we pray, amen.